Coming up on episode six of Last Week This Week, ladies and gentlemen, I have to say, mistakes were made for NXT and AEW Dynamite last week. And uh, still, there was a clear-cut winner for the week. And I want to thank you guys so much for taking part in the poll that I put out on Twitter on Wednesday night. 17 votes, 53% of you said AEW Dynamite had the better show. And of course, we waited in into the entire deal, but the final decision comes from Mr. YLP himself. I have the notes that he has given me for this week's episode, and we find out, of course, was AEW's Fallout episode from Revolution enough to gain the victory, or was NXT's beginning of the road to NXT TakeOver stand and deliver enough to get the victory this week and take a commanding 4-2 lead. Well, you're going to have to stick around and find out. Man, again, mistakes were made, people. And there was a lot, we're gonna, there's going to be a lot to talk about in terms of the negativity. I know there's only three major focal points from both shows, but there was one huge mistake. And then there was a complete jumbled mess from another. We'll talk about all of that, as well as previewing the continuation of the road to NXT TakeOver Stand to deliver for the Black and Gold Standard, and this upcoming Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day Slam for AEW Dynamite. I can't wait any longer. Let's kick off the work we can proper while we fashion. This is episode six of last week. This week, let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. What's up, guys? This is Mance Chapel, the Monday Night Delight, and you're listening to the Young Lions Perspective only on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. going on guys happy monday welcome to episode six of last week this week the show where we hit aew dynamite and nxt head to head to see who regain the favor of mr ylp himself and if you're listening to the theme music and you know who the actual uh, person is whose theme song this correlates with you will now know NXT has taken a 4-2 lead in the Wednesday Night War Series. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. And of course, you can listen to this podcast on Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Anchor.fm slash Radio. Over on BigglesPodcastSolutions.com. Amazon Music Audible. Anywhere else, listen to this fine and lovely 
Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about this week's episode of Last Week This Week, thank AEW actually had the victory and not NXT. Or if you believe NXT was the right choice in this week. Let me know. Hit me up with an email over on over at, I should say, Young Lions Perspective at gmail.com. I'll do the rest of the social media stuff at the end of today's episode. And yes, this week's episode title fits perfectly with today's episode. Mistakes were made. A lot of a good amount of mistakes were made um, in, with NXT and AEW Dynamite. Uh, I was quite perturbed, more so with AEW Dynamite, as was Mr. YLP himself. Uh, we both watched the show, uh, and we pretty much were just like talking across, uh, texting all that stuff. You can't be anywhere near yours truly for any more than five minutes, apparently. And he texted me and was thinking, because he was watching AEW Dynamite, and he was just telling me, what the hell is this jumbled mess? Is going on, and I was watching the AEW as well. Until I have no idea what's going on with this. But NXT also had a few, uh, one really big mistake that they made from last week's episode of the Black and Gold Standard. We're gonna get into that in just a moment. But, but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was one of those weeks where I'm not saying it could have gone either way, but there was a lot of weirdness going on and a lot of Scratching of the head, if you will. But, of course, I gotta show a couple things. Well, one thing in particular. Y'all know spring is coming. And speaking of spring, I think it would be a proper good time to get yourself some YLP merch from my spring store over at young-lines-perspective.creator slash... Oh, not slash. Dash spring... Dot com. And I hope you guys take advantage of the coupon code March 2021 this past weekend. As of this recording, uh, it would have ended 11.59 uh, p.m. last night. So if you were able to take advantage of that, save 10% off your entire purchase. Well, congratulations to you. If you didn't, well, as James Soares used to say back in the day, sorry about your damn luck. But, of course, you know, I got all the merch over there. Men's, women's, and the young cubs, as well as accessories like coffee mugs, organic tote bags, bay, uh, I was about to say bath towels, beach towels, or you can use this bath towel, whatever feels good to you, tapestries, all that good stuff, and of course the YLP mask, of course we are still in quarantine across the United States, where you still have to go into a facility with a mask on it, so why not represent the YLP movement? And also you're helping for a good cause, every sale, $1 is given to a nonprofit organization specializing in child hunger, which is always a good thing. So you're not only getting, representing the YLP movement, you're also doing a good thing for the United States as a whole. My, my apologies. I've been, I don't know why I'm facing uh, brain farts for some reason, but it bees what it bees. But make sure you head your butt over to young-lines-perspective.creator-spring.com. Get yourself some YLP merch today. And get fresh for spring. Let us get into NXT. Since they have the victory this week. And we're unfortunately going to have to kick this week's episode off on a negative note. Because we have to address the big ass elephant in the room. 
We now understand why WWE decided to have the complete bullshit nonsense booking that took place two weeks ago with the WWE Women's Tag Team title match between Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. In theory, I understand the sentiment of having NXT Women's Tag Team titles, but in one night, they discredited every last bit of what they did with the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic for the ladies, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I saw it all over Twitter on Wednesday night. Of course, I keep up with uh, both shows. As I'm watching AEW, I do keep up with NXT just to see what they got going on over there. Just to get an idea of what they're doing and all the good stuff that comes with it. And the one big thing, this is the big thing that I took away from NXT's episode, is that I, for the life of me, am very confused and at the same time, I understand, like I said, I understand why they did what they did, but they really made a lot of things look quite bad in one foul swoop. So, with what happened two weeks ago with the women's tag team title match on NXT, Adam Pierce played a role in it and brought down a referee from Raw to count the submission for Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler as uh, Baszler had Kai and the Kira for the clutch, giving them the victory and retaining the Women's Tag Team Championship. Now, for the life of me, I don't understand why um, Kai and Gonzalez need to be rewarded with the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. It feels like, to me, it's like a participation trophy, in a sense, because of the fact that, you know, okay, you didn't win the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, so we'll throw you a little bit of a bone and give you the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Now, that's not to say it's a bad thing for the women's division down in NXT because, well, you got a lot of talent down there and more than enough to work with. It's just for me personally, I am quite shocked that not only did they give Kai and Gonzalez the Women's Tag Team Championships, they also had them lose those titles in the same night that they were given to them. Not even an hour after they became the first ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, they lost the titles to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Now, don't get it twisted. I do love me some Shotzi Blackheart, and I do love me some Ember Moon. The Eclipse is fire. Shotzi Blackheart is insane and adorable at the same time. And they both work very well together. Plus, they come out and come out in that fucking tank, which is always dope. But to me, I was not a fan of the decision. Like I said, this was this was kind of being given a participation trophy. And I, for one, am not a fan of being of, of giving any kid or anyone in that for that matter a participation trophy just for showing up. This was this honestly should be. Kai and Gonzalez reigning as the first ever team from NXT to be holding the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. When the announcement was made, I simply just shook my head in disgust. I really did. Because of the fact that they didn't need to be given those titles. I'm going to flat out say it. They should be right now WWE Women's Tag Team Champions and should be going to WrestleMania. With said WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. 
or should I say the tag team titles. It's honestly one hell of a booking error on WWE's part. It, ma- it still makes no sense to me right now, even after a few days of understanding what's going on. It doesn't make any sense to me. Not only did you award them the titles, but within an hour you had them drop them and then move on to a storyline with Gonzalez and Io Shirai, which I stated back about three months ago that Raquel Gonzalez should have been given an opportunity then, soon after War Games, after getting the pin on Shirai. I stated back in December, they should be given, she should be given a shot at the title. At the title. Now, granted, the women's, you know, Dusty Cup was a very successful tournament. You know, it was well done. The right team won. The right teams were in the final. But to me personally, this this went all kinds of wrong. All kinds of wrong. And I was severely, I was just severely disgusted by the fact that WWE thought it was a grand idea to not give the titles to Kai and Gonzalez when they truly deserve them. And then give them tag titles to lose within an hour. They should be literally celebrating their second, their actual second week as WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Preparing for WrestleMania. That's what they should be doing right now. If the rematch would happen at Fastlane, so be it. If the rematch were to take place at Mania or Stand and Deliver, so be it. But you literally have discredited the tournament, Gonzalez, Kai, and the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships in one night. It's not even in one night. In one hour of programming, they discredited all of it. It was a terrible call. An absolute terrible booking decision. You didn't need another set of tag team championships. Wasn't the women's tag team championships made to go across Raw, SmackDown, and NXT? Or did I forget that fucking memo when um, the women's tag team championships were first introduced? That would have allowed Kai and Gonzalez to actually go on Raw, go on SmackDown, and defend those titles. to face Jackson Baszler on their turf and defend those titles. Go up against the Riot Squad. Go up against Flex Appeal. And help resurrect the main roster tag team in in the women's division across the board. But for some reason, WWE decided, nah, we're not going to do that. We're we're just going to add more championships. Why not? Let's add more titles. I don't get it because it didn't, it didn't need to happen. It didn't need to take place. And now because of it, Kai and Gonzalez will officially have the shortest reign ever 
for those women's tag team championships. As much I like the match. I loved I like the match. I like the match. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great match. But you're really, you're really making your women's tag team division in NXT already look bad. And you did it in less than an hour. I'm confused. I am just as confused as you are. I would have rather seen Kai and Gonzalez hold the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships and getting ready for WrestleMania because they honestly deserve it. They really do. And now, Gonzalez got called out by Shirai. And so we'll see a program with Kai, not Kai, Gonzalez and Shirai going forward for more than likely at Stand and Deliver. I don't get it. I really honestly don't get it. And now, I don't know what to think. I honestly don't know what to think. This was a terrible call. This should not have happened. They should be women's tag team. They should be holding those women's tag team championships. Teams from Raw and SmackDown should be coming down to NXT to challenge them for the titles, as well as, you know, Indian, Indian Candice, Shotzi and Ember, you know, form teams in NXT as well as helping form teams on Raw and SmackDown. It's a shame. It's an honest shame. And for the life of me, I can't seem to understand why. I just don't seem to get it. I don't think I'll get it. And it's just another booking decision by WWE and NXT to just... I guess pissed me off because they did a damn good job of doing that. Congratulations, WWE. You did exactly what you needed to fucking do. We shall continue on. We won't keep in the negative. But now that we're done with the negative aspect of what happened on NXT last week, let's switch focus and look to be on the road to NXT. Stand and deliver taking place on April 7th and 8th during WrestleMania week. That NXT championship match between Finn Balor and Adam Cole was sure as hell takeover worthy. But what happened towards the end and even after the match turned out to be headline worthy. And I want to look more so on the side of being on the road now to NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Cole versus Balor was insane. I was just enamored with it. I was just fully just in my shit, just sitting there watching it all go down. And I'm thinking, man, this would have been dope on a takeover. This would have been so good on a takeover. But given that we're in a pandemic right now, we can't do much in terms of takeovers. We got a takeover worthy main event matchup on NXT. Towards the end of the matchup, Adam Cole's on the outside after a desperation throw outside by Finn Balor. And then we see the camera pan to Kyle O'Reilly. Oh yeah, that one, yeah, that Kyle O'Reilly that got brain busted right onto steel steps, herniated this type shit, you know what I'm saying? But he returned. 
and that allowed Finn Balor to hit a Tope Conio on the outside, throw Cole in the ring, he hits the coup de gras, and gets the victory, retains the championship. Adam Cole loses in his chance to become a two-time NXT champion. O'Reilly jumps the barricade. Finn Balor pretty much presents it to him on a silver platter. Kyle O'Reilly looks at him. Adam Cole, scared shitless, tries to go for the low blow. O'Reilly catches the forearm, rips off the UE wristband, and then proceeds to beat his ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was, an, this was a fantastic way to end this week's episode. And, and I was dying laughing. I was laughing my ass off. Because this was too fun. It was so good. I laugh when stuff is good. And then when you do more extra shit, I love it even more. It was great. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I need more of it. And of course, O'Reilly tried to get Cole brain-busted onto the steel steps like he did. As a callback. Cole gets out of the way. No, actually, the referees drop Cole. Cole tries to get away, and then you just see freaking O'Reilly just jump at him. Like, I'm going to jump all over you like a spider monkey. And that he did, because he was he was jacked up on Mountain Dew. You know the reference. You, you're a real one. If you don't, damn. Ask a friend. You know, he or she will tell you. But yes, now we are going to be getting the the beginnings of Cole versus O'Reilly. And I am so damn ready for it. I am so, so ready for this. I am quite excited. Nice. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me all of that. After the scrum between O'Reilly and Cole, we go back into the ring to Finn Balor. He feels a presence. He looks over his shoulder and simply asks, what took you so long? The man he was looking at was none other than Karrion Cross. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. Finn Balor, Karrion Cross. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, Night 2, give it to me, Demon Finn Balor, carrying Cross for the title, I need to see it, it needs to happen. I need that, all of that, I'm ready, this, this is your, these are two of your top matches for TakeOver Stand and Deliver. The first matchup between Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in NXT and, and the NXT Championship between Balor and Cross. I have been waiting for Balor and Cross for months. Ever since Balor became champion. I've been saying it for months, people. If you've been following the podcast, you know I've been wanting to see Cross Balor for the title. No better time. WrestleMania week. Cross versus Balor for the title. Night two, before we get into the WrestleMania weekend. Boy, I am excited. I'm ready. I'm so ready because I'm already starting to play out the cards in my head for TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, night one and night two. 
You know what I'm saying? And I, I am perfectly ready. I am so ready to see this matchup. I'm ready to see Kyle, uh, O'Reilly versus Cole. I'm, I'm really ready to see Balor versus Cross. I am so ready. Because this is a matchup we need that has been on my wish list since Cross dropped, had to drop a championship. And since Balor won it. It was on my 2020 wish list. It was immediately transferred over to my 2021 wish list. And now we are literally what? Looking at my calendar. About three weeks away from standing the liver. Is there's one match I know that will at least deliver? It will be Cross and Balor. But let's also look at some of the other matches possibly. I'm thinking, and I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Possible. Possible triple threat tag team title match between Lorcan and Birch, Grizzled Young Veterans, and MSK. I I'm pretty I'm pretty interested to see if that was gonna if that's gonna happen. If that's the match that's gonna take place for the tag titles. I'm also, of course, as we talked about earlier, Shirai versus Gonzalez for the women's championship. Now, I'm not sure what the rest of the cards are going to be like for April 7th and 8th at TakeOver Stand and Deliver, but at least I know those four matches are the matches that I am excited about. That's four top-tier matches for a TakeOver. I really do hope that we get a triple threat tag title match on the men's side. I really do want to see that. I think these three teams are the teams that need to be on that card stacked up against each other. And and also given the fact that the resurrection of the division is now finally complete, it really, really looks as stacked as it was in 2018 and 2019. Going into that. So, I mean, the road to Stand and Deliver has now begun, and I'm very curious to see what it's going to look like. But there's one other thing that I saw on NXT this week that really... Really got me excited. And we head down to the 205. Ah, we get to see Jordan Devlin. You know something? Absolutely love this time of year. So much to be excited about. Summer's right around the corner. WrestleMania season. NXT TakeOver Standard Delivers coming up in a couple of weeks. The only thing I don't like is this Irish weatherman. Could really use a change of scenery. And it would be an awful shame if the biggest takeover in history didn't have the NXT Cruiserweight Champion on the card. The real one, I mean. So lucky for me, and for NXT, my travel on exemption got lifted today. That means, Santos Escobar, your time playing make-believe is up. I'm coming to the States, and we are really finding out who the real NXT Cruiserweight Champion is. 
and he reveals that he was already at the airport, flight booked, ready to go. I have been, how long, if you've been rocking with me for at least the past year, y'all have known the one match that we have needed to see with the Cruiserweight Championship, none other than Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship of the World. And come April 7th or April 8th, depending on what they decide to have this matchup, Devlin versus Escobar is going to happen. And we finally get to see who the true NXT Cruiserweight Champion is. These two are the true top of the heap in the Cruiserweight division right now. Before the whole pandemic started, Jordan Devlin was absolutely in his bag. Man has champion written all over him. Even defended the championship on NXT UK. I'm ready for this one. This is what we needed to see. And I do I am appreciative of the fact that the travel ban exemption for Devlin got lifted. Because now we're gonna get to see Devlin in NXT, where he rightfully belong rightfully deserves to be. And he and Escobar, I think, are gonna have one hell of a cruiserweight championship match in three weeks' time. I'm not exactly sure when his true travel ban guy uh, exemption got lift got got in. Um, it could have been a couple weeks ago. It could have been last week. I'm sure if I'm right, because um, I know you because I know for UK like in the UK, I know flights to America you have to have a two week quarantine. If I'm not mistaken, depends on state. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if it was a direct flight to Florida. Or if it was a flight to New York and he had to travel. But I'm going to go under the assumption that he went from Ireland to Florida. So that way he was already taken care of, already in the state, already in the, in the States, um, quarantining, making sure he was taking care of himself for two weeks or however long he had to be quarantined to the country. I'm not sure. Florida, Florida's got no exemption, got no restrictions whatsoever. So if, you, if you're down in Florida... If you know any information in terms of coming from a different country to the States, let me know. Give me some information. Leave me a voice message or leave me a comment on the, uh, whatever um, app you are listening to this podcast from. Much appreciated. I greatly appreciate it. But I am super, super excited for this matchup. This was, this was the one match I would have wanted to see if the pandemic wasn't going on right now. Devlin Escobar was that match. Now, before that, I would have liked to see Escobar Kushida. I think that, that was one Cruiserweight title match that I really would have liked to see a big time um, for this. And it was one of those matches where I'm just like, yeah, I need to see that. But Devlin Escobar, especially in the Cruiserweight division, is the one question we haven't truly answered. This is the only division in NXT that we do not have a definitive champion in. And I kind of figured it was only a matter of time before we got the chance to find out who truly is the top cruiserweight in NXT, period. 
I've been loving them throwing jabs at each other, it, whether it was inadvertent or not. But now, in a couple weeks, we are going. We get the chance to see who truly is the best in the two hundred and five pound division. If this is, if there's one match that I am truly psyched to watch at any point for standing and deliver, it is Devlin Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship. You know how much I love the Cruiserweights, anyway. If you haven't been listening long enough, I am a fan. I've been a fan of the Cruiserweight since I was a kid. Up, oh, go ahead, Marley. Go ahead. No, okay. Apparently, I gotta fix her uh, her bedding on the love seat because she's a diva. But yeah, Escobar Devlin is gonna be one of those low key dark horse matches of the uh, takeover. And since we're getting two nights out of it, it's gonna be really, really interesting to see how everything plays out. But make sure you're keeping your eyes on Escobar and Devlin when we get to take over Stand and Deliver. And that Cruiserweight Championship is fully on the line. So that's going to conclude what went down over on NXT. When we come back, we're going to be taking the flip side of things. And unfortunately for AEW, they are forced to play second fiddle a game. But we're going to talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite on the other side of episode 6 of last week. This week, we'll be right back. What is up, peeps? This is Mr. Fretz here to tell you about my podcast, Fretzelmania, every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict radio feed, where I review the best and worst in modern and retro pro wrestling so join me as i keep wrestling real right here on wrestle addict radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast Episode 6 of last week. This week. And unfortunately for AEW Dynamite, they're going to be forced to play second fiddle. And my dog is quite excited, apparently, for AEW to be second fiddle. That if she saw an actual... Oh, no, she saw a dog. And she's defending the territory. But a beast with a beast. Before we get into talking about AEW Dynamite, of course, I want to talk with y'all about the articles of war over at writtenitwar.wordpress.com. You can check out, of course, all of the written goodness from our team of writers. Of course, I got to give a shout out to all of the writers. The Pen Fatale, Kitty Frost, Sylvia Knotts, and Dirk Justice, as well as, of course, the Kings of the Rings podcast. Shout out to them for the match of the week and the King of the Night as well. Of course, the latest edition of Hashtag Tip of the Crown. We take the top 10 tweets of the week that is curated by none other than Mr. King, Ricky Rose of the KLTR podcast. You can check all that out over there. As well as, of course, the uh, newest ep- uh, uh, chapter of 
Kitty Frost, Ben Fick, Chapter 7, Part 3. Check all of that out. You can also check out the latest episode of the Wrestle Act Radio Podcast, which I believe is the I'm looking at right now. Frontalmania XN, the Brass Ring Zone. If you haven't checked out the episode yet, please do go check that out. You can also, uh, there's a link for going over our checking out uh, the official merchandise of the Wrestle Act Radio team, the official website for everything related to Wrestle Act Radio, and you can also join our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleLadic Radio. $5 a month gets you hella access as well as every article from the Articles of War page. So if you want to get in on that, make sure you check that out as well. But make sure you head over to writteninwar.wordpress.com. Check out the cure for the common wrestling blog. One more time, that is writteninwar.wordpress.com. And if you check out from the future writers, make sure Mr. Y, you tell them Mr. YMP himself sends you but over there to check it all out. Bookmark it, check it all out, all that good stuff. It's a good, it's good times. It's good times. You can check out all the stuff we have going on over there. Let us talk about some AEW Dynamite. And when I say mistakes were made, oh, mistakes were made. And there I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss off some people with this one. This was not the fall episode that AEW needed after what went down at AEW Revolution last Sunday. There were some good points in the show for sure, but the majority of last week's show felt like a complete and utter jumbled mess filled with weird segments and matches that flat out made me bored and damn near made me change the channel on two separate occasions. And what am I talking about? Let's talk about the Ethan Page-Lee Johnson matchup. It was Ethan Page's Dynamite debut, okay, and the entire fucking match, we had basketball sounds the entire time. The entire match, we had audio issues for a good 15, 20 minutes. That was, that's a no-no, ladies and gentlemen, that's a complete and utter nah-uh. Okay, I was just, this easily for most people could have taken them out completely and just switch over to NXT or pretty much call it a night on uh, the show itself. Personally, I was, this was the first one. This is the first occasion where I simply was just like, why in the fuck are we getting these audio issues? Tony Khan even said it to TNT and luckily they did fix it, but I'm sure I'm, we have this weird thing, even though AEW did have the better uh, rating in terms of viewership last week. Um, that's really going to, that really swayed things for uh, Mr. Wild P himself and yours truly um, in terms of this, because this was just, uh-uh, this was just a no-no in my book. This is something you cannot be having on your show, especially everything that went down from this past Sunday. Okay, this was just a no. I, I was really damn near taken out of the show. I was I even said it on Twitter. I'm this close to just changing the channel and calling it a night on wrestling as a whole. I could have just easily switched over the NXT and watched the remainder of that in real time, but I decided to stick it out and see what was going to happen. And this definitely did not do anything for me whatsoever. This match really took things out for me. Ethan Carter, oh, Ethan Carter, Ethan Page got the victory, of course, but. This really didn't help the cause for them at all. AEW Dynamite really screwed themselves over a little bit with this one. This really was one of those things where I saw a lot of people on Twitter 
literally saying, you know, what's up with these audio issues? Where did this come from? Are they going to stop it? Is people being stopped? I don't know. But it was one, I mean, for for Ethan Carter, Ethan Carter, Jesus Christ, Ethan Page's debut, um, this definitely didn't help the cause. All right? Um, just, just nothing. Just nothing doing for this. Nothing really, you know, was cool about it. I hated every last bit of it because it, it wasn't needed. We didn't need it. And unfortunately, that happened. So, just really, really almost took me out of the things. The other set, the other occasion was the six-woman tag between Shida, Rosa, and Mizunami-san, digging on Ito-san, Baker, and Rose. This six-woman tag match sucked. Sucked. Absolute no. Just no. It's one thing where if you have, you know, a match where I'm just like, no, okay, it happened. But this was just one of those matches where I was just like, why are we having this? This it was it was it was just a jumble. It was just an absolute jumbled mess. Just why I was bored. I was literally bored. Phone in hand, looking at my phone, checking out Twitter, all this shit. And the crazy part was, this was back-to-back-to-back segments. Now, usually that would be three. Um, The Heyman Page thing was pretty funny uh, after he got the first quarter earnings of um, Matt Hardy. But, you know... You had the... Paige Johnson match, that was fail. The six-woman tag match, that was a fail. And then immediately after that, Matt Hardy and Private Party. Apparently now, Matt Hardy signed the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny to run with Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. I mean, of course he did say, you know, he's, he's pretty much filling up safe with his money for my entire life. And he has the money to sustain the business till April, so he was good in that department. But he wants to add to the Hardy Empire. He needs to bring more money in. And surprisingly got a huge money deal with AEW that his managerial fee won't even be noticed and brought in the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny from the family. And now they're going to be apparently teaming up to destroy whoever they're facing on the debut episode of AEW Dark Elevation. And apparently destroy the Dark Order for what they did, for what happened with Hangman and the Dark Order. I don't understand why the fuck we are having this. Why? I don't get it. This makes no sense to me. Why? why, I, I just don't get the correlation. Why would you have the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny stray from Eddie Kingston to join Matt Hardy? I was confused as all hell watching this episode. I was so confused. I was just like, what? Huh? I just didn't, I just didn't get any bit of it. And it, like I said, it, there was parts like this 
that really took me out of the whole thing. Also, um, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy challenging Nero and Kip Sabian to a match. Again, where if Taylor and Cassidy lose, Chuck then becomes Nero's butler forever. I thought this feud would have easily been over at Revolution. Miro and Kip Sabian clearly won. But we're prolonging the feud for some reason. I don't get it. I seriously do not get why they are doing shit like this. This, this, uh, those four parts of the show alone really was just, was just part of the reason why AEW had to take the L this, this week. And that's a huge factor in it. We don't just factor in the top three focal points. We factor in the entire show as a whole. And of course the poll. But as a whole, this episode, these those parts of the show really took AEW out of contention of getting the victory. You know, I, I understand. Oh, go ahead. No, that's your piece. That's not your piece. That's piece of Go ahead. Good girl. And of course, the unofficial co-host of the show, Marley, enjoying her comfortable seating arrangement. But this this was one of those things, this was one of those episodes where they really needed to they really need to reestablish what they got going on now. Because they're coming off of revolution. And they really need to save themselves. And this episode was not it. Not even close. Um, they tried though. Try as they made it, we couldn't let them off the hook for that. Let us go over the Inner Circle War Council for a moment. Because this was the one part of the show where I was thinking, okay, this was going to be the culmination of everything that they've been doing since MJF and Chris Jericho became sort of a bit of a thing. And this actually ended the show this week. So we had Jericho, MJF, of course, Hager, Santana, Ortiz, but no Wardlow, which was kind of a surprise. Jericho says, when any great army needs to change their course in the middle of a battle, they have a war council, decide the best possible way to continue on in the combat. And that's what we're doing tonight. We've been on a bit of a decline over the past few weeks, even the last few months, and it's easily remedied. We are the smartest in the business today. Time for a new attitude, outlook, and maybe even some new members? MJF tells Jericho, wait, wait a moment, wait a moment. With all due respect, I really don't think we need to add a new member. In fact, quite the contrary. If I'm being honest, maybe we need to let someone go. And at that moment, out comes Sammy Guevara. Now, we all remember, the Spanish God quit his team a few weeks ago. All of a sudden, he's back. Now, Jericho stated, I never wanted to see you or hear from you again. So what are you doing here? Sammy states, I know I'm the you I know and you know I'm the last person you want to see. And I know you're not happy with me, but you need to see something. Oh, is that so? You got a lot of guts. But you're dead to me. I don't want you out here. Jericho, he tells Jericho just to, to listen to me. After everything we've been through from the first night of my until now, after everything we've done, I need you to listen to me. I need you to see this. Look at the screen. 
So what we saw was Sammy's camcorder being set up in the inner, inner circle's room earlier that night. They fast forward a bit to MJF meeting with the others. And he said, tonight was the night. We're talking about this for months, and it's all agreed that there needs to be new leadership in the inner circle. And we know who that should be, right? We cut the head out of the snake and give Jericho a little goodbye. And they all bump fist. MJF, Jericho now looks at MJF like, you son of a bitch. He then says, I didn't want you to find out this way, but oh well, get him. Hager, Santana, and Ortiz step up to Sammy and Jericho. But as of course, they all turn themselves on MJF. And it looked as if MJF got set up. MJF trying everything he can to stall. Jericho tells him, shut up, you stupid son of a bitch. You really think we don't talk to each other every single day? You really didn't think we were waiting for you to hang yourself, MJ? Since I was the one that brought you in, I'll be the one to bring you out. He then shoves MJF down in the corner. MJF looked like he is about to pee himself, begging for mercy. He says, on behalf of myself in the inner circle, your ass is fired. And it looked as if shit was about to go down the DMs, but MJF saying, I didn't want to take over. I swear. I swear. It was because I was too busy building my own. Lights go out for a few. When they come back on, Wardlow, Tully Blanchard, FTR, and Sean Spears arrive in the ring. And it's a 10-man brawl. Well, five on four, but you get the point. FTR smashes Buell Brothers on Hager. Spears smacks Sammy with a chair. And we get the brawl going. Spears going after Sammy. FTR and Power and Power Pro going. Hager and Wardlow are going at it. Spears wedges the car, uh, chair into the corner. Curb stops Sammy into it. Wardlow digging his boots into Jericho. FTR posting Santana. Then Muggy Ortiz. Spears dragging Ortiz. Cash goes after Santana. PNP get cuffed. Wardlow rocking Jericho. MJF just chilling sitting on top of one of the turnbuckles and watching it all go down. Wardlow. Dragging up. And giving them a thumbs down. Falling knee smash. Double spike pile drivers. MGF hitting. It's Jericho with the dynamite diamond. Jericho looks like he was reaching for Floyd, the baseball bat. MJF standing on Jericho's hand. Tully gets the bat for MJF. Jericho's trying to stand as he is bleeding. Jamming Jericho with the bat, bashing him out of the ring. MJF tossing the bat aside. They loom over Jericho at the ramp. Wardlow then power bombs Jericho off the stage as he crashed through spare tables and MJF circle looking down on him. To end this week's episode, last week's episode. As I wrote down, hi, good. Mr. Fretz and I were completely wrong absolutely wrong about what MGF was going to do within the inner circle. 
AEW just set up one hell of a marquee matchup for Double or Nothing. Y'all remember Blood and Guts? That was supposed to take place in my home state of New Jersey last year. Sometime around March, April. It was going to be the Elite versus the Inner Circle. Take out the Elite. Add in what many people are calling the New Four Horsemen. And that is your Blood and Guts match for Double or Nothing. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Blood and Guts is going to be coming. But it won't be Elite Inner Circle. It will be MJF's faction versus the Inner Circle. I have to say, this is a great way to end this week, last week's episode of AEW Dynamite. One of the few highlights of last week's show. Fretz was, Mr. Fretz and I were completely off. Mr. Fretz thought MJF was going to take over the Inner Circle. It looked that way for a little bit. I stated that MGF was simply trying to implode the inner circle from the inside. None of that happened. Instead, MGF, behind the scenes, was building to this new faction with himself, Spears, FTR, and Wardlow. I have to say, well done, Swerve, by AEW. Well done, Swerve, by AEW for this. Making us believe that MGF was going to be taken over as leader of the Inner Circle, and all of a sudden, boom, new faction. And I love it. I love it. Because it allows FTR and Proud and Powerful to be feuding. Sammy Guevara and MGF to be feuding, in a sense. Jericho and MGF to be feuding. Now, Sammy and Sean Spears. And Jericho and MGF finally soon enough, are going to go one-on-one between now and Double or Nothing. This will be one of your top storylines going forward. And AEW honestly did it perfectly. And I have to say, kudos to AEW for pulling this off. For not only making us believe MJF was going to be the one to take over the Inner Circle, but then pulling pulling that swerve and having a new faction be born on the same night. Well done. Completely well done, very impressive, and I'm very curious to see what's going to happen now with MJF's faction and the Inner Circle going forward. How much nonsense is going to take place between now and Double or Nothing? Because all roads are going to lead to Double or Nothing on this one. All roads will lead to May. I believe May 30th is is the date for um, Double or Nothing. Three. And I'm quite excited. I am very excited to see what is going to happen with these two factions. Because this is going to be wild. Now now we have something to really sink our teeth into. We all knew MGF and Jericho was going to be happening somewhere down the line. But now that you have MGF's new faction, it makes things a lot easier for MGF and Jericho to go one-on-one. Can't wait to see what happens with that. And finally, to round out AEW Dynamite side of things from last week. After the major dud of an ending that happened at AEW Revolution, Kenny Omega, Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley were able to save it from being one hell of a potential disaster on Wednesday night. We all saw it. We all know what happened. We all saw it. It happened. It bees what it bees. 
But the question was, how were how was AEW going to be able to spin it enough to make us believe, okay, this was enough to make me believe. And they pulled it off somehow, some way. Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Omega were able to pull it off. Um, of course, right after, let me see, right after the Phoenix versus Matt Jackson matchup, we had we heard the first words from Moxley and Kingston after Revolution. And Kingston states, well, folks, here it is. The bit of explanation everyone wants to know about. It's a little embarrassing, you know. I'm me. I hurried, when I hurried out at Revolution to cover up my friend Moxley, thinking there was going to be this huge explosion, all these fireworks, I got a flashback to the last time I had that anxiety. Last time I had that kind of panic, I couldn't breathe. That's when I was in the jail cell, getting ready for court. The guards telling me I was going to Rikers. Sing, sing, and everything went black. So go ahead, make fun of me. I'm not speaking for you or to you, but those who understand where I'm coming from. He says to Kenny Omega, Kenny, you think this is a video game? Look at the heat. He puts his hand over the little fire that they had in front of him. This is what I felt. Look at my hand. It didn't scar me up playing video games. You think it's a joker or something? You think this is funny? Moxley's like, Omega wasn't joking. He really wanted to blow everyone up. Kingston's like, there's no way. Omega's the joker to Moxley's Batman. He's like, well, I like me some Batman, but I'm pretty sure Omega was really trying to kill us. Kingston, and they start a little bickering action. He's like, I don't think he's that nuts. Moxley then says, I don't know who paid for the bomb. Kingston says, Impact probably paid for it. Moxley's like, yeah, I can see that. When that bomb came in the mail, did it have the big bold letters of at me on it? I made more explosive volcanoes in fourth grade science class. What the hell was that? But I had an explosive explosive barbed wire deathmatch live on pay-per-view, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Okay, it's a cool t-shirt, but I didn't win the title back. Omega was the better man at Revolution, but I did get my drinking buddy back. I knew that Kingston, that was in Kingston that one time. Well, the world title makes you do crazy things. Moxley goes on to say, Kingston could have, well, he could have come out a little earlier. You know, I was getting the crack kicked out of me and all that. You know, could, you know, were you getting your eyebrows done? Are you getting your good shoes on? Kingsley, I had to push in the blade. You already know my style, B. It's 1998 forever in my head. Well, it's good that, you know, we didn't get blown at a revolution. But I kind of wanted to see a bomb go off. A lot of people did. Moxley says to Kenny and the Good Brothers, if you're going to flash a weapon, you better use it. That was a proper way to actually do that by having Moxie and Kingston say, hey, Impact fucked up. Not us. Not Kenny. I guess Impact were the ones to do it. But of course, Kenny easily had a response to that. Of course, Tony Schiavone was going to talk to Christian Cage after his uh, reveal that he was the newest, biggest scoop in AEW's history. But out came the sweepettes. And Kenny Omega came out. Of course, the man who is still AEW World Champion, Don Callis, Luke Gallus, Carl Anderson, they all go to the ring. Callis states, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but I guess you're not going to get to hear from the brand new signee of AEW because in case you're new around here, new signee, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Good Brothers, we call the shots around here. We take what we want, and then we take a little more. So we're taking this time for ourselves. And as I stand here, it's the greatest wrestler who ever lived, the god of professional wrestling, and the king of the death match. Let me tell you, Kenny, on Sunday at Revolution, it all went according to plan. Well, almost. Oh, yes, that. The explosion 
not hurled around the world. I find it interesting. We've taken a lot of heat since then, being blamed for us not getting what we wanted. Well, I will neither confirm nor deny if we had something to do with that, but what I will confirm is how happy it made me to take away what fans wanted. To take away things. Tony Khan wants AEW to make memories. We make history. And that is what we did when Kenny Omega beat John Moxley. That is what we do. We took away Moxley's big moment when he wanted to die in a blaze of glory. We took away Eddie Kingston's star-making heroic moment. I learned about win-win situations. If the ring had blown up, we win. Moxley and Kingston would be gone, and Omega would be champion. But if the ring somehow didn't blow up, which didn't, then that's a bigger win, because Moxley and Kingston look like idiots, and we still have the world title. So we do what we do all the time. Win. Omega states, I got goosebumps just thinking about what it would have looked like to see Moxley vaporize in the middle of the ring. That would have been a dream come true to never worry about Moxley. But now it's just as sweet to have the eternal memory of seeing Moxley embarrassed in the ring, leaving him a loser. And what a cherry on top for Kingston. The thing they never even factored in. Never expected for the childhood friendship to be rescued and dry hump Moxley in the middle of the ring as sparks are shut off. But talk about memories. Out comes Kingston. Pretty much, uh, they mock him for, uh, what happened? Little literal dry humping sixty nine shit. Out comes Christian Cage. Regardless, you know they start brawling. Uh, uh, Kingston decking Omega. Good Brothers right on Moxley. Out comes Moxley. Moxley and Kingston fighting off Gallows and Anderson. Chris Cage comes. Christian Cage comes in. Then they stare each other down. Christian looks around, focusing on Kenny. Christian then goes into ring. Omega's up. Two stare each other down, talking trash. Omega offers a handshake. Christian hesitates. Kenny Omega goes for the swing. Christian catches him. It looks like he was going for the kill switch. Callus gets Omega out of dodge. But Christian held up the AEW world title. Pretty much stating to Kenny, I'm coming for you, son. And I'm going to take this. They did a fantastic job of recovering this from this. Fantastic job. I was thoroughly happy and thoroughly impressed with the way they actually were able to save this. Because if they didn't, it would have looked a lot worse for them had they not been able to save it. Because it was a hell of a dud, it was one hell of a dud ending to Revolution. But at least from Kingston, Moxley, Callis, and Omega, they were able to save what would have, like I said, been a potential disaster from AEW Revolution. It would have been a very big disaster for all parties involved had they not been able to do what was necessary. Even Tony Khan at Revolution saying, you know, it was maybe it was just a ploy for Kenny to play mind games with Moxley and Kingston. You know, it was one way of, sw- of spinning it. But they both, they, all parties involved did a great job of being able to recover from this and actually having us understand, you know, and have us feeling, okay, that lessens enough of the heat off of, like, you know what? Yeah, they had that dud ending, but they were able to actually spin it in a way that didn't make us look like idiots. It was well done, well crafted, and I'm thankful that they were able to pull this off. So kudos and all parties involved with that. 
And uh, hopefully, uh, this coming Wednesday, for St. Patrick's Day Slam, they actually do a lot better. And um, we'll see how all that goes. But that is going to conclude what was, what went down last week for NXT and AEW Dynamite. When we come back, we're going to break down what will be going down this week for NXT and AEW. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. I'm your HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out of parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is right on your smartphone. Kings of the Rings podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast contains everything happening on WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AEW, brought to you by King Ricky Rose, our founder, Willie T, and me. So why don't you join the thousands of happy peppy people and get a great big helping of Kings of the Rings podcast today. I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to pick up your phone, choose your favorite streaming app, subscribe to Russell Addict Radio, and press play. That's Kings of the Rings podcast here on Russell Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. segment of episode six of last week this week with nxt now taking a four to two lead and let's preview what's going to be going down on this week's episodes as we continue the road to nxt takeover stand and deliver on april 7th and 8th and continuing the fallout from revolution for AEW Dynamite. So, here's what we have on tap that I found from TheChairShot.com because I couldn't find it on ProWrestling.net or any other site that allowed me to check any previews. So, on the NXT side of things, we have Austin Theory going to go one-on-one with Dexter Loomis after what happened last week. Of course, after the championship victory by Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, of course, we saw, well, yeah, and uh, Indy and Candice, of course, in, you know, often themselves, you know, just hating as, as, you know, as they are. And, of course, you know, they believe this shouldn't have been them, the, you know, the first one. They were with Johnny Gargano. They're all wondering where Austin is. He comes up behind them, and they really learned that Gargano paid the therapist off, mostly because it was all on tape. Gargano was like, yeah. Yeah, I did that. And Theory's like, why did you do that? Well, therapy ain't free. True. But I spared no expense, and I got you the best money could buy. And now we all know how Dexter Loomis really feels about you. Theory somewhat cries, like, are you crying? No, I'm mad. Good. You should be mad, and should want to rip Loomis' head off. He said you were annoying, that you don't know how to dress yourself, that you have a mediocre abdominal, abdominal region. Theory gets pissed off, rips his shirt off, and says Loomis crossed the line. He storms off, and the hurry and the way goes after him. So that's what's leading to Theory going up one-on-one against Loomis. Same way Roderick Strong had to uh, get past the whole deal with Loomis. 
and face him one-on-one -on -one in a strap match of last year. So then we get to... Let's see what else we have here on tap. We have Isaiah Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff in a rematch. Now, uh, I believe the last time they faced each other, Swerve got the victory over Leon Ruff. And Ruff, I believe a couple weeks ago, was supposed to have a match. Swerve interfered and beat the living hell out of Ruff before his matchup against Tyler Rust. So, Ruff had had enough. And now, once the challenge, Swerve one-on-one -on -one in the rematch. And uh, you can say it could be Swerve's house, but Leon wants to run roughshod. All over Swerve's house. Seriously, I'm just, I'm just taking them at their word. LA Knight! Finally! Will be making his debut in NXT this coming Wednesday. We don't know who he'll be facing just yet, but he did have a bit of a run-in with one Bronson Reed. Uh, but before I get into that, I wanted to uh, see what uh, Ruff had to say. He said, let's talk about it, Swerve. I mean, let's talk about it. I knew you were safe the moment I met you. You want to say I tripped and fell into my opportunities? I'm so sick of people thinking I lucked into this. I busted my ass to get here. I scratched and clawed for everything I've gotten, and it wasn't luck when I beat you two weeks ago. You say this is your house? I'm the one that's been holding it down since I got here. From the opening match to the main event. And I'll be holding you down again in another rough landing. Now going back to LA Knight. Mackenzie talking with LA Knight saying, Since coming to NXT, you've had a lot to say and you've made your presence felt. And you've requested this time, so what's on your mind? Now, I love me some LA Knight, man. I love Eli Drake. I love... His, he's a hell of a promo. I have to say he's a damn good promo and a damn good wrestler in that ring. And he says, let me talk to you. Last week, everyone thought, oh, man, I bet it's going to be LA Knight's in-ring debut. Wrong. But to put it like this, quick spoiler alert for everyone out there, that time is about to come. If anyone can step up, find enough tingle in their loins to take me on, then we'll see how that ends up. That is not an insult. That's a fact of life. All of a sudden, Bronson Reed just comes out of nowhere and goes after Mr. Knight. Apparently, uh, I didn't see this episode because I was, of course, uh, traveling uh, to meet up with uh, future Mrs. YLP. Miss YLP in Boston. So I didn't know Bronson Reed had a match against Cameron Grimes. Knight apparently screwed him over and allowed Cameron Grimes to get a victory over Mr. Reed. So, uh, the Colossal One felt some type of way about that and rammed Knight immediately into a wall. Security and staff, of course, rushing in to pull Bronson away from Knight, and Bronson tells Knight, good luck with your debut. Seems to me like we've got a little feud possibly on our hands coming soon. With LA Knight going up against Bronson Reed, stand and deliver. Knight one, looking at you. Why not? You got plenty of time. You got plenty of space. Make LA Knights take over a debut against Bronson Reed, and let's let them have at it. I would love to see that matchup go down on April seventh. So that's what we've got going on with the NXT side of things, and honestly, that's not a bad way to actually keep things going, um, especially with Takeover just three weeks away. I would love to see them do a little bit more, but usually with NXT Takeover time. Once it gets to that point, they really, really, really start to slow build this one. And 
with three weeks to go before it, um, they have more than enough time to actually be able to do what they need to do um, with this. They do a hell of a job in terms of their builds. We already know this. It's a fact of life. We've already understood this for quite some time. So I expect nothing less than a solid build to April 7th and April 8th for the black and gold standard. Um, they're going to do a lot with this. I think, you know, I think we're they're setting things up for Santa and Deliver to be a solid takeover. And I'm really excited to see how they're going to be able to book this in a way that's not going to really piss me off. Because usually NXT doesn't do what they normally do. They don't do stupid shit. They don't really half-ass their takeover builds. When it's takeover time, it's takeover time. And it's literally go time. And they've got a lot between they've got a lot to do between now and April 7th and 8th to make things happen. Of course, you've got Imperium and going up against Thatcher and Champa also next week. They didn't say this on there, but yes, they are taking it's gonna be a tag, nice little tag team match they've got going there. Marcel Bartel telling uh Timothy Thatcher, the entire NXT universe is talking about us. What I said last week, what I proposed to you, well, a long time ago, we created something very special. Something only we could create. Something so unique no one will be no one ever will be able to represent it like you did. I want you, Tim, to take your rightful spot. Step in, and together, we can take what has always been ours. Baby Nightmare sells him. Imperium is here for you. We're doing this all for you. But if you have to go ask your friend Champo for permission, then please bring him along. We'll still make it work out of respect for you because we're taking over no matter what. So for those of you that don't know, years ago, there was a little group called RingCamp, R-I-N-G-K-A-M-P-F, that literally was the main stable of WXW. And that group was... uh, a quartet led by Volter, Axel Dito Jr., now known as Marcel Bartel, Alexander Wolf, and Timothy Thatcher. And they've won, they won tag team championships. They've battled over the WXW championship top championship when Volter uh, and Timothy Thatcher had battles over it. Uh, Dieter and Walter were tag champs. Uh, Volter and Timothy Thatcher at one point were tag champs. Alexander Wolf was a hell, was a former, I believe, shotgun champion in WXW. And they were a top stable in WXW, competing all over Europe, competing in Progress Wrestling, Rev Pro. Well, I don't think they competed in Rev Pro. Jermaine, let me know about that. Jermaine's my uh, UK, Europe wrestling aficionado uh, around these parts. So I lean to him for a little bit of that. But yes, Ring Conf was a top stable in Europe. And unfortunately, of course, due to NXT UK things, they had to disband. And it sucked. I was very upset. Quite upset. But I always had that inkling that they would actually reunite in some capacity. And now it looks as if Imperium is trying to recreate that magic. And NXT is also trying to recreate that magic as well by Imperium trying to bring in Timothy Thatcher back into Imperium. That would be a one hell of a sight to see if that went down. 
So that's what's going to be going down on NXT side of things. And we head over to AEW, and we'll see what they have on tap for St. Patrick's Day Slam this coming Wednesday. Let me just find it real quick. Excuse me. So after what had happened with the confrontation between Moxley and Kingston last Wednesday, they're going to team up with the former Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Gallows and Anderson, the Good Brothers. And that is a tag team matchup I cannot wait to see. That is going to be wild. Absolutely fucking wild. Cannot wait to see how that matchup comes out, because that's going to be, that's one hell of a main event right there, if you ask me, if we're being perfectly honest. That is a main event-worthy matchup that I cannot wait to see. Going to be insane. Also on tap, we have Cody Rhodes versus Penta El Cero M. One on one. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be wild. So how did we get to this point? Well, after Cody's victory over, uh, I believe Seth Gargis was his name. Uh, let me see if I can find that real quick. Seth Gargis, yes. Uh, didn't take long. Wasn't that much of a matchup. Uh, Cody won with the figure four. Tony Schiavone goes to the ring. Arn tells him he's on the clock. Schiavone says, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of a second to get working. To- Cody tosses him a good one. He asks uh, him about the shoulder. How Shaq threw him around and all that. How you feeling? We'll talk about it. Losing the ladder match. But Penta interrupts from Spanish commentary. Uh, he has Alex, uh, one of the guys. Uh, I think it's not, it's definitely not Marvez, thank Christ. Um, he helps him translate. Through Alex, he tells Cody to shut up. And then, uh, when it comes to you, Cody, he's a thousand times better than you. And then, if you so happen to be the Prince of Pro Wrestling, that makes Penta the Lord of Lucha Libre. Penta then speaks English, says, you serious? At Revolution, you lost. And had it just been you and me in in a ring? You would have lost even more than the match. And you know why? Alex then translates, Cody is lucky. He didn't focus on hurting that arm even more because it would have been so bad that you wouldn't have been able to pick up your newborn baby girl. Yeah. Mm. So they start brawling. So they decide one-on-one this coming Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day Slam, Penta El Cero M versus Cody Rhodes. We also have Jade Cargill in action. Um, okay, we'll see how that goes. Uh, interested to see how that all works out. Probably going to be a, a simple squash match, uh, as we like to say in the business here. We have the Hardy Party, the expanded Hardy Party, going up against Jurassic Express and Bear Country. And 10-man tag team action. We'll see how uh, that all goes. But the main event, I believe, um, for this week's episode of AEW Dynamite is going to be Brick Baker versus Thunder Rosa ending things once and for all in an unsanctioned, lights-out, no-holds-barred 
match. This little thing between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker has gone on for about a couple of months now. And I'm surprised that AEW is allowing not only, A, the ladies to have the main event billing for the first time in the history of AEW, but they're doing it in an unsanctioned, lights-out, no-holds-barred match. Anything goes, and um, the only thing the referee is there to do is simply count to three, or account for the submission victory. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, these two ladies have, will pretty much sign a waiver saying that AEW is not responsible for anything they are about to do to each other or the injuries that they could occur or have during this matchup. They are not, AEW will not be liable for any damn thing either of these ladies do to each other. You're going to have a, I have a feeling that, of course, Reba will get involved in this matchup. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. As well as possibly Hikaru Shida, maybe Ryo, maybe Ryo Muzunami. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see how um, everything goes with this matchup. I'm hoping that Thunder Rosa gets the victory once and for all and actually comes out of this unscathed. Because I think this is the time for Thunder Rosa to start gunning for that AEW Women's World Championship. I think now is the perfect time for Rosa to get her shot. Britt Baker did beat her at Revolution. But I think Rosa, Thunder Rosa needs to get the last laugh here. I think for all of this to work out, Thunder Rosa needs to definitively beat Britt Baker. After everything that Britt Baker has put her through, since Thunder Rosa's debut in AEW, Britt Baker has given this woman hell. I think now is the time for Thunder Rosa to finally defeat Britt Baker. I guess smack the shit out of Reba a couple times and uh, end this feud properly once and for all. Now, like I said, this is the main. This is going to be the main event of this week's AEW Dynamite. So I'm expecting a proper timed match. I'm expecting a lot of good spots. I'm expecting a lot of craziness, nonsense, and all the tomfoolery that comes with it. Can't wait. I'm excited. Because two talents like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa definitely deserve this matchup. I mean, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make this an unsanctioned lights out no holds bar match, that is simply easily main event. No more, no less. That is the only way you can do it, and that is the proper way to do it. If you're gonna blow up the feud, you gotta do it this way. And again, like I said, Britt Baker, to me personally. She'll have her time. She'll have her time at the top of the mountain. But I think with this feud, Thunder Rosa needs to get this victory. I mean, Baker did get the, the win at Revolution. Because if, say, Thunder Rosa actually won it, that would have ended the feud right there. But I think they want a true, proper, definitive win. You know, I think Rosa can pull it out. I think even with Reba at ringside... Maki Ito, Nyla Rose, all of that. I think they'll be. I think she'll have enough allies in Shida, Rio, Mizunami, and pretty much a good portion of the women's division to uh, keep Reba, Maki Ito, and Nyla Rose at bay long enough for Thunder Rosa to get that victory. She deserves it. She deserves this victory to end this feud on in her favor. There's no other way to look at it personally. 
That's how it should be. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude episode six of last week. This week, when we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper wild fashion. And then we're going to talk about the spring bake, spring bake, spring break sabbatical that Mr. Wild P is about to take. And we'll give you programming notes as to when the Wild P podcast will be making its return. We'll be right back. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for episode 6 of last week, this week. If you have any thoughts, comments, opinions, or concerns about this week's episode, if you felt AEW Dynamite actually took the victory, you can hit me up with an email. If you believe NXT was the rightful winner this week, sound off, let your voice be heard, leave me an email at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message over on Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and Anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addicts Radio. You can also head over to AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com and leave a comment over there. Let me know what you thought about today's episode and if you thought AEW or NXT was the rightful winner for this week's episode. And of course, if you're on any of the other podcasts I'll talk about in just a moment, make sure you leave a comment and a top rating. Let the people know that you need to check out this episode of the YL Podcast. And all that good stuff in between. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on in my social media, you can follow me over on Twitter at YL Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. SmackDown Live every Friday night, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to. I'll let you guys know prior to that night's particular episode. I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and of course, when it's 3.30 in the morning on the weekend, I have nothing else better to do because I can't seem to go back into sleep, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. It's rare, but it has happened. Legit. Want to follow me over on my Instagram? I can be followed over there at young underscore lines underscore perspective. Updates on shows, 60 second thought videos, all that good stuff over there. You can check all that out. And you can also slide in my DMs and send me memes. I love the memes. The funnier, the better. And if I like it enough, I will feature them on my Instagram page. Now, lucky for you, if you are a Facebook user in 2021, I'm surprised people still use Facebook for anything at all, but that's just me. Uh, usually not a Facebook guy, but I do have a Facebook page over there. You can simply search for at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make damn sure that you follow the page. We have over 100 followers over there. And I want to thank every single one of you guys and girls for your continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms. Stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLB Podcast as a whole. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the last week, this week podcast. Share this episode across all your social media, of course. I ain't got to tell you what it is. You already know what it is. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the alt tech, all that good stuff in between. Because y'all know in these quarantine times, we here at WrestleMania Radio want to provide you the best top-notch content for your ears to enjoy with the YLP Podcast, the Kings Rings Podcast, the WrestleMania Podcast, and don't you ever forget that a light show with Man's Chapel, we strive to be the cream of the crop. Creme de la creme, never the bottom of the barrel. Numero uno, 
undisputedly, undoubtedly, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional podcast, professional wrestling podcast, my apologies, and that we are here to stay. As we know, and we learned over the history of podcasting, I know every single person around here doesn't always listen to these podcasts on Anchor.fm, and it's understandable. Everyone has their favorite podcast apps that they listen to on their, in their spare time, whenever they're at the gym, driving around, doing their dang thing, or simply just enjoying the day off from work. Or in a hammock, sipping on Mai Tais and an you know, ice cream sandwich. And a pack of bamboos. Don't worry about that. Um, but yes, not only are we on Anchor.fm, AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, We can be found across many, many different platforms. And make sure you head your butts over to Amazon Music and Audible. And if you are over there checking it out right now, make sure you leave a top rating and a wonderful comment letting the people know about the Last Week, This Week podcast and all of the family of Wrestle Addict Radio. And of course, you can find us across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM. Shout out to the Podbean Gang, as always. Overcast, Castbox FM, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio podcast, and you should not have no problem finding any of us whatsoever. I believe I've fulfilled my obligations for today, but I want to go over to the judges to ensure that I have done so. And today we are going to head over to the lovely country of. New Zealand, home of, of course, Dakota Kai and that cute butt of hers. I believe I can give the thumbs up. So, programming note. Uh, this will be the only episode that we have coming out this week from the YLP realm, as I have told you uh, for the past couple of weeks now. Mr. YLP himself will be taking a what he likes to call a spring break sabbatical. Uh, he and uh, Miss YLP will be doing a, a wonderful 11-day um I guess vacation. Uh, they're gonna, you know, enjoy some time with each other. That means they, that means that they don't have to be off my ass, um, and I don't get docked any pay. So that's always a win in and of itself. But um, also, um, like I said, I've been stating this for quite a couple of weeks now, so you already know about that. So it makes you wonder: after the spring break sabbatical, when is Mister YLP himself coming back on air? I'm gonna give you the breaking news right now. Not even Mister. King Ricky Rosé knows about this, so you might be the first ones to find out unless I tell him prior to. That's a whole different story even from here nor there. I thought about scheduling the show for April 2nd. Now, that would have been all well and good, but the next time you could hear news of the week would be episode 300. And that number is quite special to me. Um, not only is it because it's... Uh, you know, 300 the movie, uh, Sparta, it will be the Sparta episode of 300. Um, 300 episodes is the big deal. Um, as far as I know, I will be the first member of Wrestle Egg Radio to hit 300. Um, I am quite proud of the fact that we went from 200 to 300 quite quickly. <laughs> In less than a year, we have gotten to 300, and I'm very proud of you guys, uh, very proud of myself, um, my unofficial co-host uh, of, the, of the podcast, Marley, who was coming up. Come here. We'll see what's outside. Um, she is quite pleased with my uh, with her father's efforts, so it is very happy. She's quite happy, and she has stated, and I quote, 
I am very hat pat for my papa. So she's a quite proud doge. Um, so I thought about April 2nd. Then I thought to myself, self, let's go bigger. Let's go bigger. As much as I hate for you guys to wait, and I am impatient as you are to get back into the swing of things, I figured the best way to celebrate episode 300 would be during WrestleMania week. Would be the Friday before WrestleMania. The Friday before WrestleMania. March 9th. Not March 9th, Jesus Christ. April 9th. 2021 episode 300 of the YLP podcast is going to take place. And instead of giving you the news of the week, I believe I will, well, it will be news of the week, but it will be more so for the first time in a long time, WrestleMania 37 preview and predictions. Yes. I figured it would be the perfect time to do it. WrestleMania week, all that good shit. The Friday before WrestleMania weekend would be the perfect time for episode 300. I don't even know who I'm... I can, I can invite some people to this party. And if you want to see that, let me know with a voice message or in the comments who you would like to see join me for episode 300 of the YLP podcast. On March on April 9th. But the next next time you will hear from Mr. YLP himself, it will be April 5th, 2021, with episode 7 of Last Week This Week. So it's gonna be a couple weeks away from the YLP realm. Yes, Marley, I know it's a big deal. I know it's a big deal, you got some news. It's gonna be a big deal. And we're all doing it all WrestleMania week. We're going to come back into the swing of things. WrestleMania week. And we're going to really ramp it up. So, to clear things up. Episode 7 of last week, this week, is going to go down April 5th. Episode 300 of the YLP podcast will be taking place April 9th. WrestleMania week, the biggest week in the YLP podcast history and we make history with episode 300. This is an episode you are not going to want to miss. We're going to talk WrestleMania news. We're going to make our WrestleMania preview and predictions. We may, you may be Patreon people. You may be getting how Mr. YLP himself would book WrestleMania 37. That might be a thing. It might be a thing. Keep your ears open. Keep an eye out. You might just Get that. So that's what's going to be going down on upon return for Mr. YLP himself. He has everything set to go. So again, enjoy the rest of your Monday. If you're watching Monday Night Raw, as I always do say, my condolences to your sanity. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of March. Because the next time we see you, April's coming around. So we'll see you guys April 5th. For episode 7 of Last Week, This Week. See you!
This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.